How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Well, good evening, everybody. It is episode number 36 of How About That Cigar. Things are trucking along. Man. It is a beautiful, beautiful night here in sunny, freezing cold Minnesota. Um, And we are here live in the Drew Estate Studios. Thanks so much for joining us. If you are watching live on Facebook, thanks so much. Take a second and share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. If you're watching after the fact on YouTube, we want to thank you as well for watching. Uh, take a second, click on the subscribe button on uh, on YouTube for us. And, and if you're listening on audio podcasts on whichever your favorite podcast platform is, give us a second and rate us and say hi and thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, we are in the Drew Estate Studios. And we want to tell you about the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Aged. It is a for, it is a barrel fermented cigar, premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grand Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Mm. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes Deep. this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Hand selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, packed. which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad shacks. The tobacco is removed two to, two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. This total process takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers. Mm-hmm. And Garrett's like doing his utmost to, uh, to to break me up while I'm doing the commercial read there. Thanks so much for that. Oh, love it. <laughs> you nailed uh, it. Yeah, nailed it completely. Um, so, guys, again, thanks for joining us. Um, we have a very special guest who we will introduce in just a moment. Mm-hmm. But I want to take a quick moment and talk about football. So... Uh, Garrett's team, Garrett's favorite team, lose. the Minnesota Vikings, had a bye week. Yeah. And my team, the Packers, played as though they had a bye week. Yeah, but Although we didn't have a bye week, we actually played in a game. But I'm I'm still trying to – we're still sending out a search party f- to figure out where the hell the Green Bay Packers went because they didn't show up to the game against San Francisco. It was, it was, a, it was one of the worst mm-hmm. embarrassing beatdowns I've seen on an NFL field in – years yeah and i'm so glad that i don't i don't bet on sports because i would actually i don't remember what the line was but i remember thinking it was actually a good bet to say green bay was going to cover the spread yeah uh however whoa yeah it was those who had that thought too i'm sorry it was terrible. Um, Green Bay, I, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from San, San Francisco. They played really, really and well. They're fancy. I mean, they're, they're having so a great right they're now. having a great season. They Garoppolo, played really well. Defense. But the if the Green Bay Packers would have actually shown up and played the way that they're capable of playing, yeah. it would not have been a 30-point totally. uh it would not have been a 30-point beat down. So, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh we got the wild game on in the background. They're still up 3-2 over the Devils. So that's uh that's a good thing. And uh, uh Minnesota Golden Gophers football. Dude. They trounced Northwestern. Yeah. And so I think they moved up to number ten. ten. So uh we're still in the top ten. That's a good thing. Um and we've got uh the big border battle we against Wisconsin. Yeah, the big border battle for the <clears throat> axe coming up against Wisconsin. Uh so uh you know, best of luck to the Minnesota Golden Gophers in that contest. Um, so we are going to 
Uh, I'm going to get my paperwork straightened out here. We're going to get into our, uh, our, our main segment here with our special guest. And before we do that, I want to let you guys know that this segment is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to, to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in being cigar fanatics just like you and me. That is why you will find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Choose from famous brands like Padron, Davidoff, Fuente, and hundreds more. Named by Forbes magazine in the best of the web list. Forbes. Voted as top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke magazine and called the largest best stocked cigar shops in America by Cigar Aficionado. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, they need to work on their copy because they don't have <laughs> enough creepy words in there that I can You need more take creepy words. I do. I'll, I mean, I'll talk to Jeff about that. <laughs> Drew, they, they worked it. I, I'll ask Jeff to put more creepy yeah, words in yeah, the copy. We need, we need well, ladies and gentlemen, this evening, we have a super awesome special guest. If you would, please, along with us, welcome from Espinosa Cigars, Mr. Hector Alfonso Sr. Hector, welcome to the show. Hector. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I apologize ahead of time. I've been sick for the last few days, but uh, I wasn't going to miss a chance to be on with you guys, uh, especially since, you know, uh, got to spread the word, man. It's almost Thanksgiving. End of the year is coming up. And uh yep. We're hot off, hot off Lazona Palooza. We gotta, we gotta make sure we make, uh, take advantage of all this, uh, all this media, all this media coverage we've been, we've been garnering these last few weeks. Yeah. But no, I've been sick as a dog these last. I didn't even go to work today, but, uh, you know, I, I gotta be here. You know, we're, what a, what a tough job, you know. I know, right? Well, we're grateful to have you here, um, and and thanks for uh, sticking it out and. Uh, being with us so you can't sorry you can't smoke with us today but uh that's the that's the shitty part but you know yeah. what uh i sent you some good cigars so hopefully you guys will enjoy what i sent you absolutely yeah we i couldn't wait that. for matt i just kept looking at it and i was like a um you, you know, were like you like were a, like you were like a a box a guy who can't come up with words yep i was uh should have left the breadcrumb trail back to where you were going with that thought okay so. that's good Dang it. no thanks for you sent us the uh uh let's provincias uh mtz that's right that's a very uh it's a very special cigar we hope to see it uh you know we got it out in june and i made sure to get it in as many hands as i could uh, before they all disappeared uh, after the show, uh, so hopefully we'll see it in some of these some of these lists that uh, that come out at the end of the year. We're we're very happy with that cigar. We've had a very we've had a very good year. I mean, every year uh, come December, Eric will tell you uh, I'm beat up because you know I'm 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 on I'm on list list watch. You know, where did we come out? Did it come out? Did it, what 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 did the factory do? What did they think of the cigar? Did the cigar get rated? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, insufferable during the month of December. And then at the end of it, I always say, well, next year won't be as good because we're not going to have a lot of new things coming out. And Hey, you know, it's the same shit every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially this last few weeks. I mean, you guys have been following the media coverage. You know, we had Las Seis Provincias. We had some stuff, some new stuff at the show. And then we just, uh, 
we just uh, released, uh, I think they start shipping in a week or so, the, uh, the collaboration we did with General. Oh, nice. Yeah, so tell us, um, just briefly, give us, give us a little bit of a, of a hit about that, uh, that collaboration with General. Look, the, co- the collaboration with General, it, it's, uh, it's something that, that benefits our company, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, it, it benefits both companies, listen. Um, we, we're in the business of making cigars. We're in the, uh, Eric will tell you, we're in our seventh, we're going into our eighth year now. And we have done a great job with social media. We've done a great job tending to our clients, uh, not just our, 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 our B&Ms, you know, our store owner who are clients, but their clients as well. The, the real roots of the industry, the guys who smoke, the guys who, who are part of all these groups and who smoke, you know, who smoke all the boutique brands. And, you know, we've tried to, we've made a connection with these guys, but we, every, there's another step. There's always another step you can take. So the, the thought when the opportunity came in the beginning of January, some things fell into place for us as a company. Uh, and we were able to get this collaboration going between Eric's Eric's relationship with Justin Andrews and Justin Andrews' relationship with Jack Taranio and Jack Taranio coming on board with us and, you know, uh, Jack's 10 years in the industry, uh, Eric's 20 years in the industry, Justin having a, an affinity for Jack and, and, and Espinosa products and, and Eric himself it just kind of fell together. It was, it was a, it just, it's, are you guys, I don't know if you guys are big into, uh, if you guys are familiar with Malcolm Gladwell's theories, but he has a theory on the tipping point, which is sometimes things succeed, not because you have a fantastic product or it's the best product in the world, but sometimes timing is all is, is what's important when the right thing falls in the right hands that falls, that somebody puts it into the, the right person's hands who puts it into the, the hands of somebody else who can move it and shake it. And I think all of those things kind of came together at the same time. Uh, as a company, we were very lucky to have, you know, Eric leaving the company, uh, his son, the heir to the company, uh, Jack, another, another strong figure in the industry now working with us, another very popular figure. And then having General Cigar and, and uh, who, who worked hand in hand with us, who was Justin, who was a big fan of ours. It just, you know, it, it kind of, it, it didn't really need any extra moving parts. Trust me, I was the least of all these parts. I'm the least important part. These guys, you know, they did a lot of the legwork and they do a lot of the marketing and they do a lot of the, the, the meetings. I'm my interest is, you know, let's let's just make a good cigar. Yeah, they have a lot more. They have a lot more and a lot more important, a lot more other other bigger concerns. I'm kind of under the weather, guys. So if I'm a little slow for words, just bear with me. No, it's no, all really good at that happened and you know that the, the wheels started to come everything started to come together in january it was very it was a flawless thing you know uh flawless in the sense of uh, you know you have you have a big company and a small company we have our problems doing things and they have their problems doing things theirs is their their problems are big problems our problems are small but they're big to us and, you know and we had to try to mix these two mix these two worlds together but it, it worked out great and I got to tell you, the cigar, uh, a chance to, to do a collaboration with somebody that helps us in the sense that, you know, we're in 500 stores. General's in 3,000 stores. And I'm, I'm just yeah. a number out of midair. But uh, I, I doubt that I'm very far from, from, from an accurate number. This gives us a chance for those who have never heard of us to, who have heard of General, who smoke General products regularly, to pick up our cigar and say, hey, Espinosa. Oh, and General's working with them, man. They're, they're pretty good. 
and it also gives general that it gives it, it helps them find that edge, which they've been they've been looking for for the last couple of years, where you know when um, after after the foundry thing, so it gives them a, it gives them a tie into a to a very popular boutique brand of the many good young boutique brands that are out there. It gives us a chance it gives us a chance to help them break maybe not break but to get in you know to get in somewhere or to to, to get a little more a better footing where they haven't been before or where you know people wouldn't have considered trying them you know yeah so it's, uh you know trust me we're not you know we we i think the the, the this relationship while it's, it works for both of us is definitely a boon to us if you know if it, if it keeps going like it's been going for the last two weeks uh this this could be the best thing that's happened to us in in, in a long time, probably since the begin since Laranja, which was our first big uh, hurdle, mm. where we finally got that one cigar that landed in the top twenty five as a new company. You know, so yeah, there's a, a lot of things that are that are there are a lot of things that we have uh, to look forward to. Yeah, and those those relationships, like you said, the relationship piece in in every business is really important. We've talked about this before on the show that the there's something. There's something more so about the cigar business that that you know the cigar culture that relationships are it's it's almost like they're doubly important for some reason in this in this industry and and whether it's whether it's you know small companies big companies individuals consumers reviewers whatever it is the building those relationships is important, but maintaining those relationships and, and, um, you know, ed- educating consumers and things like that. It's just so, it's so important. And at the same time, it's a lot of fun to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you guys get to work with, and, and you've been fortunate to work with a lot of different, you know, you've, you've had a lot of different relationships that have yielded a lot of different, uh, you know, types of products and types of projects and things like that. And, and this is just another, I just see this as another, you know, the logical next step in, in, in like the, the, the evolution, uh, for lack of a better term for, for Espinosa premium cigars is that, you know, because general has such a track record and they have such, they have such vast resources. And why would you not want to, want to build a relationship with a, you know, with a group of people who have that kind of thing, you know, going for them. And the fact that they, I mean, what an honor it's got to be, honestly, mm-hmm. for, for a company to, you know, of, of that size and stature and history and all that to come and say, Hey, we want to do a project together with you guys. I mean, that's got to feel pretty, pretty awesome. And and on top of that, it was a chance to not only use it to work with somebody, but you're, you, you were, you felt that you were on equal footing the whole way through, Yeah, which is important, you know I mean? Because they, it's it, obviously they know that we have plenty of respect for them. Uh, just because of the history, the, the makeup of our company, there, there is respect for the guys there. And they showed nothing but respect for us. Uh, you know, I've become very good friends with Justin just in the last year or so. Uh, you know, Jack was friends with Justin the three years, the two and a half years he was over there. Eric is friends with Justin. We're, we're friends now. I mean, you know, he came down for Lozona Palooza, not just for the reveal on the, on the war zone, but, you know, we hung out and, you know, it's now, you know, it's as, and I don't have a lot of these relationships in the cigar industry. I'm not, you know, I'm not Eric and I'm not Jack. I mean, I, I've gotten better in my, in the eight years that I've been doing this now with Eric, but I'm my, 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 my alliances and my relationships are a little bit smaller. It's a smaller pond, you know, mm-hmm. but I can see now a friend, I pick up the phone and we, you know, Hey, how are you? And we shoot the shit and chit chat about anything but cigars. 
Yeah. So it's it, it was it's a good thing for us. And uh, listen to to be to be he they could have gone anywhere. It's almost like uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Night Court. Uh, <laughs> I love that show. All right, there was a scene when when Dan Larroquette was the, the the district attorney, and he kept you know he asked Judge Han, uh, Anderson, he asked Harry Stone, uh, yeah. how did you become a judge? You were 150. Oh, yeah. uh, you were 150 if on the list, and he goes, I was home when they. Called. I was I was home. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I and you know yeah, I, I use that line all the time when I when people ask me how I got started in this industry. Eric called me and I answered the phone. Had yeah. I not answered, who knows? And had he not called me, who knows? So you know, you you got to take those calls and and you got to listen and and listen. Uh, I I look at it this way. This is I don't believe at all that this is a one and done. I especially if the cigar, if the cigar keeps the legs that it has shown from the beginning, since the beginning of the reveal and the media movement and the and the movement on social media, uh, I I don't see why this is not something that 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 could that that could can continue to grow. But that's not my that's not in my purview and that's not really anything that I. I have anything to deal with. That's the guys. That's the guys in the other office. But uh, I know yeah. that we're both in this. We're both in the same industry, and our our business is to sell cigars. And if we can make a good cigar and and make it a pre- and present a nice cigar to the consumer, I don't see why we can't continue to do that. Absolutely. And uh, you know, you brought up a lot of relationships that have helped you. You know, get to where you're at today. Um, I would like to take a moment to talk about the bromance that you've got with Jack Tarano. <laughs> and, uh, you know, was it a love at first sight type of thing or how did, uh, how did that relationship blossom? I can, I can spot envy a hundred miles away in your case, 1800 miles away. <laughs> and maybe you and Matt haven't achieved that, but there are a lot of bromances like mine and Jack. You have uh, Mike and Skip. Uh, Mike from Hustler and Skip, you know, they have uh, a relationship. Uh, I'll tell you, Jack, Jack, uh, Jack is the only guy in my lifetime that has told me he was going to be friends with me that I didn't tell him to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it almost it almost looked like he was reading a script from Oz uh, when he told me we were going to be friends. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I'll tell you exactly what happened. We were at a... We were were at a multi-vendor event. We were at Smokin's uh, event in uh, Palm Beach. Abe Abe puts on a multi-vendor event, which is out of this world. And uh, I like Toronto cigars. I smoked Toronto cigars before I got in the industry. I used to smoke the Exodus like it was going out of style. Oh, hell yeah. 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 They were at the booth. They were two booths over from us. So I, 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 the the guy who I had seen handing them out was Carlos Yaka who works now for, uh, oh, my God, help me. He works for Kaiser. He works for Gake. Uh, I almost called him Geisha, Gurkha. He works for Gurkha. So I walked over and I said, hey, can I have a, uh, hey, can I have a cigar? Would you would you like to trade for a cigar? And Jack, inter- <laughs> Jack says, I don't know where you're talking to him. I'm the guy with the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of looked at him a little funny, and, and he says, me and you, we're going to be friends. And I said, well, that kind of, that sounds like some just met you at the cell block kind of shit. To me, you, know? <laughs> you got a real booty mouth. And, you know, and he's a big cat. And I'll tell you what, I'd have put every bullet in my magazine in his ass, too. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? He he was 
he was absolutely uh, what you saw is what you got. Jack's just uh, – and I think he took me on as a project because I am a surly kind of a fuck. I really am. And uh, he says, oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to work on your personality. So, of course, I'm thinking there's money in it at the end or something like that. But there was no, <laughs> there was no, there was no money in it. Just a lifelong friend now, you know, who's, you know, who's just, uh, it's good for me. He takes up, he takes all of my bad press. He's like my Mike Pence. He takes all of my bad press. <laughs> you know, people walk in and they don't see me right away because he's a bigger person. They see him and, you know, so I just, I can kind of play, I can kind of run behind him in the line of scrimmage, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Jack's just bigger than life, man. And uh, he said, we're going to be friends and damn it if we haven't been friends, you know, and, and when he says we're going to be friends, he meant it. Come to the house, and we're going to go have a let's go eat, and let's go have a smoke. And 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 Jack's a funny guy to know because you know Jack knows a lot of shit. For Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we were going to, you know, there's a term that gets thrown around a lot among cigar guys. Uh, it's that master blender term. I really hate that one. Yeah. But you know, one term you can turn you can throw around Jack is Yenta. Jack, everybody tells Jack shit. Everybody tells Jack has that face that everybody just feels that they need to share stuff with Jack. And Jack, Jack is open to all of it. He'll take every single all of your information, absolutely gladly. Tell me what's wrong with you, you know? <laughs> my, re, my relationship with Eric is, is a lot different is a lot totally different. Uh my relationship with Eric is based on the fact that it's, it's a uh, what ifs. I mean, we, Jack, you know, not Jack, uh, Eric lived a mile and a half from me. We grew up a mile and a half from each other and didn't know each other. He went to one high school. I went to the other because we lived on opposite sides of an Avenue. But when we started to talk, when I was working in retail uh, prior to working for him, uh, because the economy took, when the economy took a shit back in 2008, I took a weekend job at a cigar store. Uh, because the mayor was balancing the budget of his employees on his back. Sorry, that's an <laughs> So uh, I meet this guy, and I'm like, he has the same people on his Facebook than I do, but they're not cigar people. They're like people from junior high. So I, I said, I thought, how do you know these people? And he goes, oh, I played baseball with that guy. I go, bro, how, where do you live? We got our hair cut at the same place. We just oh, never wow, ran wow. into each other. We just never ran into each other. Yeah. So our, our relationship is mostly, it's a friendship. Obviously, he's... Eric's a different kind of guy. You know, he's not a touchy-feely guy. Where I am, believe it or not, I am. Jack surely is. But Eric's more, a little more reserved. You know, a little, you know that bro thing is, is not a facade. That's, that's, his, that's his real thing, you know. So, but, we, but he respects me, and I, you know, to me, that's the most important thing working anywhere. I've worked in law enforcement for 30, 31 years now, coming up on 31 years. And the only times I've ever, never been, ever been unhappy in any assignment I've had is when, I'm micromanaged or I don't feel that I'm being respected. And then yeah. that doesn't take too long before I'll find a new place to go. I'm a well-tenured guy and I'm a well, uh, I, I've done my job a long time and I've been very good at it. So I've never had, a, I've never had a problem moving and going somewhere to do something. But this is the one place I've worked from the beginning that I've always felt that I was part of it. And, and I owe that to Eric. And had it not been for Eric, who knows what I'd be doing now? I mean, uh, I'd probably would have, I'd probably be retired and I'd be the, I surely wouldn't be a greeter at Walmart. I'd probably be the guy who checks your, your receipt to make sure that old Roy is on the receipt. Hey, that 50 pounds of dog. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I, I owe a big debt of thanks to him because he, uh, he brought me on with no experience and no idea what he was going to do with me. He just, you know, you want to work here? 
It was kind of like that scene in, in Scar. Everything relates to a movie with us, but it was kind of like that scene, the scene in Scarface, when Tony shoots the bad cop, and then Manny tells him, "Hey, what about the Arnie, the bodyguard? Hey, Arnie, you want a job? Yeah, you okay. Want, want a job? Yeah. Come see me Monday. So it was, it was one of those things. So, that- so like I, 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 we're not the same kind of guy, and and because we're not the same kind of guy, we've had our, we've had our, and they're not, they're not conflict, they're dust ups, you know, but it's because of those that we can keep working together because he he'll listen you know he, he takes my advice which is that's all you can ask for when you work anywhere so I, I gotta ask you this question and and i i'm asking you this because i i'm hoping that it's true is it true that the first time you went to meet eric at the new espinosa warehouse that you showed up that you walked in with your service weapon drawn no, no, that's not true. <laughs> it was I, I read that somewhere. I was like, and I was like, oh, man, I hope, that, I hope that's very true. The story, the story is, it's. I'm not saying it's completely true. It's not completely falsehood. <laughs> you got to understand, you know, Eric. I didn't know Eric that well, so Eric calls me. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving the station now. And he goes, Well, meet me, meet me at the Home Depot on US One on on US Twenty Seven. So I meet it. I pull into the Home Depot at US 27. He's not there. I call him. I go, where are you at? He goes, all right, uh, now leave there. Make a right turn and go about a half a mile. And there's some blue warehouses on the right-hand side. So I'm like, this sounds just like how they fuck Pesci up in that movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, down there. It's right down there. It's right down there. You know, so when I, uh, when, I, when I drive down to the blue warehouses, he's there. He's parked in front of the, the, blue, the blue warehouses. But I park about four or five car spots away from him. And I have a shirt. I, I I had a I had a pistol on, but I had my I had my my I had a, I had a weapon on, but I had my t-shirt with a t-shirt over the top of it. Uh, you know, one of these, a button down. So when I got out of the car, I made sure that he saw that I was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just in case he lost his mind or something like that. But no, that was never gonna. But it was just funny because as I was as I pulled up, I'm laughing. I'm like, well, isn't this some shit? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but is, you, you're like this so this is how it ends yeah <laughs> him, it wouldn't have ended like that at all for me <laughs> yeah, not for you i'm funny now. but like i tell you know let me tell you something as funny as that story is that story doesn't compare to half of the shit that we have seen and that we've been through in the seven years that we've been together oh yeah <laughs> that i'll tell you uh we we to say that making good cigars is uh that we've been lucky and blessed to make good cigars and and to be to 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 be able to rub shoulders with with, with a lot of these great boutique companies and and even high upper levels companies and be be in the same conversation with them does not compare to the the shit that has happened to us and the fun the, the fun times that we've had. So there have been some scary times too. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we have uh, we have really uh, we have it's 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 been outrageous. You know, it's been it's been the funnest time I've had. Yeah, and I, I and I don't think. You know, I don't think I'll be able to top. I can only hope the next seven or eight years will top these first seven or eight years because okay. I've only got any more years left, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to retire. God, I don't. You know, I, 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 seven years. I'm, I'm good for another seven years. But I hope they're they go just as well as these seven did. So I'd like to talk about uh, one of my favorite and early um, Espinosa cigars, and that was the Bunker Buster. Um, that. that was- that was a very important cigar for us. Dude, that thing. Um, so I had had the 601 La Bamba. And at that time, that was one of the first real powerhouses that I had had that I loved. 
um, that I liked. And, um, and then that micro blend came out, um, that sampler. And I ended up buying three of those samplers just for the bunker buster. And I, dude, I feel, yeah, you, can, tell me. You, you still might be able to find that bunker buster on the secondary market, the original one. Yeah. But that cigar was a very important cigar. I'll tell you how important that cigar was. I, when I go to Nicaragua, I'm pretty much on my own. Eric doesn't like to go to Nicaragua. He, that's why he's got me. He doesn't like to go to Nicaragua. He does. He has to go. But, you know, I, I you know, he, he just doesn't, you know, it, it takes the life out of him. He hates going. He, it, and it does, he doesn't do us any good being in Nicaragua. He needs to be in the States promoting the brand and, and doing, doing his thing. But I'll tell you how important that cigar was. When I came back with the samples, he picked me up at the airport. And <laughs> that just showed you that I was bringing some rare. I was bringing something very important back. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a big deal because Abe, him and Abe, have a friendship that's gone on for many many years. Uh, this was Abe's Abe. I don't want to say Abe threw us a bone, but Abe gave us a chance to be a part of. A, if you look at that micro blend lineup, look at the cigars in that micro blend lineup: Fuente and Padron, and uh, some you know some other companies there. Uh, that are big time. Uh, he gave us a chance to be a part of that micro blend series. Yeah. And Eric, the pressure was on because not only did Abe said, okay, sure, this is what you, you we're going to give this to you, but you know, let's not make it completely easy for you. Let's make it a perfecto and let's make it box pressed. Uh-oh. So, you know, <laughs> sure, you know, there's nothing you want that better than a, a company with one year on and a, and a novice cigar factory mm-hmm. guide. Going to Nicaragua, going, oh, yeah, I guess that looks about right. <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> but uh, we, we, it was just another one, another example of the hurdles that, you know, look, this is a guy, he, he's a guy who's been left for dead four times, four times Damn. by former partners, former distributors, former mm. manufacturers. So having a guy telling him that he has to make a box press perfecto ain't shit to him compared to what he's gone through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's like, uh, what, me worrying? <laughs> we got this. Yeah. All the while, sweating his butt, bro, this shit better be good, because you know how he Yeah, of course this shit better be good, you know. So, you know, the cigars came back. He smoked it. He loved them. Uh, the, the, the couple of the samples that he loved went that same night to Abe. Abe picked one, and the next day they were being made. Uh, we had them come in on a, we had them coming on a Saturday. I landed on a Friday. And we uh, we had them. I think we had them Saturday. They're working on it. If not for sure, first thing Monday morning, they were they were making them because they had to be done for the release, which is early in the year, if I'm not mistaken. And then that was a dog show too, because I, I'm going to tell you, the manufacturers we take a lot of we take a lot of crap for a cigar maybe not burning right or, and it's it's you know cigars are are, are man made product. Sure, it could have fallen. Uh, you know, maybe it was underfilled, maybe it was overfilled. Uh, you know, it, yeah, we we'll take our our we'll take our lumps when it's our fault. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you, seventy five percent of any any effect in a cigar is operator error. <laughs> they don't know how to cut it. They don't know how to light it. They right. drop them. They squeeze them. They smoke them too fast. You know, it's not your old lady's nipple. Be, you know, just take it easy. You know, and, and you know, you can learn something here. Give, give the, you know, give the less teeth on the nipple. You know, a little drier. Why do you gotta look your cigar's gotta look a fucking paintbrush? <laughs> you don't flick it. You, you, it. Don't flick it if it's if it's a, a very soft wrapper. No, if it's, right, okay. it's a nice burly. If it's a nice 
but a nice thick Maduro, sure, yeah, it could take a flicking. But this it's, thing is, it's, come it's on, bro. It's not a knob on a car radio, bro. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, you know, so we spent at dinner, you know, can I, can I, I felt like one of these cigars, some of the, you know, the cigar, can I cut your cigar? Can I cut your cigar? Because instead of me telling him, hey, idiot, don't cut it under the shoulder, cut it up here. There you go. Hey, see that nipple on the other end? You might want to cut that. Oh, but I like the nipple. You're going to fuck the cigar up. <laughs> it's, it's there for, it's, it's there for appearances. It's just cut it and go, you know? So, you know, that, that was, um, that was a very important cigar for us. Um, I think the, it must've done well enough that he asked us to come back and do one Latin, uh, the beginning of this year. Cause we did another one this year. And I thought that this one was superior to last, the first one, because it was more of a challenge to make a Connecticut that was strong mm. and had flavor and that wouldn't, you know, gross you out, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and luckily he didn't, we didn't have to box press that. So that was, that was a little easier to do. Yeah. So we were very happy, very happy with that cigar. So guys, before we move on to more questions, uh, for those of you who are watching, we want to let you know, Hector was really kind to send us some, some super sweet stuff. We got some five packs and we got some hats here. And so if you guys uh, leave questions here on the live broadcast, you can also um, leave comments on the YouTube video and you can also, uh, you can also hit us up on how about that cigar.com sign up, sign up for the email list. And we're going to uh, randomly select a couple winners to get a five pack and a hat here. So thank you for that Hector as well. No, no problem. Uh, so, so Hector, tell us about, um, you know, take us a little bit back in time, you know, get, jump in, uh, jump in the DeLorean and take us back, uh, a little bit and just give us, give us a little bit of, uh, your first experience with a premium cigar and, and, and what sort of made you enjoy premium cigars. Well, I, premium cigars, I didn't get into premium cigars. till probably, uh, the night, you know, when we had the big surge here, the boom here in Miami. Uh, I've been smoking cigars since I was in the service. Uh, the, my summer year before I left for the army, I worked with my brother's godfather. Uh, he was a maintenance guy. He did, you know, he put he did air conditioners and painted. He was a handyman, and I am not a handyman. I am, I am a, I'm a house brother, man. I don't, you know, uh, I'll, I'll paint and do a little thing, but I don't spackle and I can't run electricity. It's not my, it's just not my thing, you know. But I, I remember spending that summer with him and he would go to the grocery, the, the bakery, the bakery next to the Cuban supermarkets. And he, for a dollar, he'd get four cigars that were all seven and a half by 50, all big double Coronas, yeah. these big, yeah. uh, big uh, colossals or that would last him all day. They were four like giant all day suckers. And they were all Cuban sandwiches. They were all, you know, much not even Cuban sandwiches. They were most of a short fill. Yeah. And I remember the loving the smell of it. And then on Fridays when he got paid, he'd actually buy himself like a Padron, which back then was like four or five dollars and four or five dollars for this guy back in 1983. Uh, that, you, you should have heard him complain about it. I can't believe it. look cigar prices is four dollars. Right. I can get a cigar in Cuba for 15 cents. Well, you know, that's you want to get back on a raft and go to Cuba and spend 15 cents or just pay four dollars for the Padron and go. Exactly. And I remember smelling them and I'm going, man, that, that really smells good. But nobody in my family smoked. And uh, so I, I guess one of those weekends that I was working with him, I, I, I got one of those Don Goyos. That's, that's the brand I remember, Don Goyo. And I remember lighting it up and I remember biting the end like he did and, and spending like five minutes spitting tobacco out of the back of it because it just all <laughs> would come in your mouth. And, and don't get me wrong, I had smoked stuff before 
1983, but it hadn't really been tobacco, that kind of tobacco product. Uh, it, this was more of the, it was more of the, more of the Dungeness Colombian stuff. Right. But uh, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got a, I got a hair. Hey, I mean, this is pretty good. And, and you don't get high, which is great. And, you know, you don't hear any seeds popping, which is great as well. So, uh, you know, that thing led to me, you know, I'd smoke it. And it was cool. You know, you're a 17 year old kid smoking a cigar. That's kind of cool. Of yeah. course, the FDA, and, and back then we didn't have the, the schmucks that, you know, were FDA and running the, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm with you. Yeah. So, and then I go to, I go to, I join the army and I go to basic training. And I remember, I remember the first time you go to the PX and you're like, have a Tampa's. Oh, that's, that's a cigar, oh, right? Yeah. So you're smoking those and, you know, and, and you think you're, you're kind of the big shit. And then, uh, I remember coming home and uh, I came home and there was a Thompson's catalog. Uh, oh, cigar of the month club. I get 40 cigars for $20 a month. That sounds pretty good. You know, and you know, I get these cigars from Thompson. And then, uh, then I got a job in the department. I got, I got a job working for Miami Dade and I, I felt working. I felt my first assignment was uh, in the housing unit, the housing police unit. And we had a sergeant there. Rest in peace. Joe Lansing was a cigar chomper, but he'd smoke a cigar occasionally. So, uh, but he liked to chew on cigars, but uh, he'd go down to a credo and you'd get a bundle of cigars for $15. And they were Gloria Guana seconds. And this is 1988, 1989. And then when he was tired of smoking those, he'd go over to Puro Indios and get a bundle of those. And, you know, then next thing you know, I started to smoke actual actual cigars, premium cigars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I, I tried Baccarat and, uh, <laughs> but the first, cigar, yeah, the first cigar that I really fell in love with and then I, unfortunately never saw it again. Um, in 1992, I did a, I did a PBA event, a police Manila association cigar event as a young, as a young guy in the department, but we had a couple hundred people come and the money was donated to charity and believe it or not, Nesta Miranda was the oh, guy who wow. donated the, Nestor Miranda donated the cigars for that event. Uh, he had one of his employees, his name was George Valdez, who now owns a cigar store here in Miami, uh, was my go-between. And George donated the cigars, and Nestor came to the event. And I fell in love with a cigar called the Don Tomas International. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have never seen that cigar again. It's been more than almost 25 years now, and I know I'll never see it again. That's right. when Nestor owned Astral and Don Tomas and Don Lino and yeah, and then the next event was with Tropical Tobacco, and and then you know from there I just kind of you know I started going to stores and and uh, you know I my and my palate kind of moved to where it is now. I mean, when the when the economy when I started working in a cigar store, I didn't know who Eric was, and I was smoking his stuff because the guy behind the counter recommended it to me. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know I think I owe I owe a lot to that store because that's where I really established my palate. Yep. That's right. I said, I like this and I don't like that. And being at a store gave me the chance to try everything that came in. Absolutely. And Miami is not a boutique town. Miami is a five or six brand town. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my home store that I go to, the one, uh, the one on Bird Road Caribbean, he's the only boutique guy in town. He has, and it's important to me to say it's boutique because since I think we're a boutique company, that's the, that's our, those are our friends and our competitors. Remind me, the, remind me the name of the, the proprietor there at, uh, his name is Alan, Alan Schumer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Alan Schumer. 
uh, you know, he's also he's a, he's a he's the best kind of store owner in the sense of he's a geek. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if make it, he wants it, you know, and 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 I think that's that's great. It's 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 incredible brand loyalty from him. You know, I spend four or five nights there a week, and because you know he's he carries everything we make. And if I told him, hey, you know, I've got a couple of dog rockets that I'm going to wrap in our piraca and give me a box. You know, he wants he wants to have it, you know, and yeah. and and it's and it's it's a good relationship that, that we've developed with him, you know, because it's good to have a it's always had a, a place where you can really showcase your stuff. And that's for us. That's been a place where we can showcase our stuff. And we're we're head and shoulders above everybody else there in that shop where when it comes to facings and 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 the amount of cigars that are sold but there's and there's some tough competitors in there and uh and uh with and we and we stand our ground and we're happy to be in that shop because that's where the industry guys go to smoke at night and that's where we started that fuck that guy thing that night with jack <laughs> and that's when if any you know if there's a guy who knows me or knows jack and is in town for a couple of days that's where we'll meet him and the guys who go to that shop are super spoiled because not only do they get to smoke great cigars not just from our brand from the other 10 or 15 great boutique brands that are there, but they get to sit and hear industry gossip and industry shit. And they're like, you should see their faces. They're like, wow. So that guy, <laughs> that guy cross dresses. You're not supposed to say that. You're just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, I love it. That's fantastic. So uh, I'd like to go back maybe even further and talk about uh, the New York Mets and ask number one how that happened and uh number two if uh if you could choose between tom siever and mike piazza as the best of all time who would you pick oh i know the answer to that but I'm all right i'm gonna i'm gonna take you back uh listen i i love football 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 is my favorite sport okay however Baseball, there's there's a romanticism to baseball yes. that no sport has. That's right. Listen, totally my uh, my father's eighty. My father's eighty years old, and my father has been a, is a guy that uh, he'll never be happy because his dream of going back to Cuba is is non-existent, mm. and he lives that struggle every day because he was you know it's a guy who can't go back to Cuba. It's a guy whose mother couldn't leave the island for forty years. Yeah. Because of struggles here, uh, but we always could talk baseball, mm-hmm. even when it was bad for him. You know, he, you know, the, hey, you see the, the, did you see this or did you think that? What, what was he thinking? So baseball <laughs> always have, baseball always have that romanticism for me because it, it at least brought me close. It, had, it it gave me something in common with my my father, and yeah. this and at this point with my son. My son's thirty three years old. I have a grown man and son. But our our relationship is better. I have a I have a more modern relationship with my son than I do with my father. My father, mm-hmm. and ours covers three or four sports, and plus the fact that he's in law enforcement and he's a cigar smoker and you know and and he's kind of a chip off the old block. Yeah. But there's something romantic about baseball because even when we've we had nothing to talk about when I was a youngster or even when I was a young adult or when I was a when I was that you know young adult who knew my parents didn't know shit because I, I knew better and I was wrong. Even if we weren't talking, we could listen, we could sit and watch a game Yeah, and the hours would go by. So the Mets came because he lived, <clears throat> he lived, uh, he moved to New Jersey when he became an, ex- an exile and that's where he met my mother. 
and that's where I was born. And my dad wanted to be different, didn't want to be a Yankee fan because he figured they already had enough championships. So he became a Mets fan. So uh, the New York Mets remind me of what it was, you know, it, it just, it's the only connection I have to my youth. And uh, it's the one thing that we have in common. I mean, not, I'm not trying to get sappy. I'm just trying to give you that's, that's my connection to, to that. It connects me to my dad. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm a Mets fan because that's, you know, that's what I remember. And when I was a little kid, I mean, I was three and I, I do remember I have, there are pictures of me dressed in Mets garb when they beat the Orioles. And then there's six when they, I'm six when they lose to the A's in seven. And, you know, they, uh, and then the year my son is born, my son is on, you know, we, I was a, I was a specialist in Oklahoma ready to come home um, uh, because my enlistment was up and, you know, I didn't even have a TV because we weren't making a lot of money and uh, Graham Rudman had started and there was, we weren't, (laughs) BAQ rations weren't enough. And I listened to the Mets beat the Red Sox. I didn't get to see Buckner's play live on TV. I had to see it the next day in the PX, but I got to hear it on the radio and I was holding my son as I was listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. There was always a Mets connection. And, uh, to, you know, so hopefully I didn't bore you too much with the Mets thing. I'm a Mets guy. It's the, it's the one team I, I can, I can truly tell you, I remember them as, I mean, the Marlins are our local team here, but the ownership sucks here. And even though the (laughs) ownership is awful as well, because they're loaded and they just, they're just cheap. They want to be a second rate town. They want to be a second-rate town in the city that could probably have three baseball teams, who and did at one time. Yeah. Uh, and as for the greatest Met ever, Piazza was a nice Met. Piazza, there there are several Mets who are who will always be greater Mets, not statistically, but just because they meant more to that organization than Piazza did. Uh, and I could go as far back as Rusty Staub, and I could say uh, uh, Lima Zelli. Uh, oh, you, that's a deep track right there. I, I could say, I could tell you a guy like Rusty Staub and then Ed Cranepool and 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 Bud Harrelson, but uh, to me the the Joel Youngblood. You had these young guys who were going to be they were going to be the star, and they and they didn't they weren't the good players that Piazza was. But to me, and, and it was sad to hear it this year, was that Seaver has onset dementia. Yeah, Seaver will no longer be in the public eye. Yeah, and. There, there was, and there will probably never be a greater Met than Tom Seaver. Yeah, and I, I have a really soft spot for Tom Seaver because I, I was born uh, down in Southern Indiana, by the border near Cincinnati, and and as a as a very young kid, going, you know, when when Seaver left the Mets and went to the Reds, you know, I got to see him play, and so wow. and he and he. He, uh, I mean, he he'll he'll always be known as the Met, but but Red fans have this soft spot in their heart for Tom Seaver. Mm-hmm. And well, Tom Tom Seaver was loved. Tom Terrific was loved in Cincinnati. Yeah, Tom Terrific was loved with the White Sox. Exactly. Tom Terrific was loved with the Red Sox, and 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 an organization that could do that that let him go, and then almost did the right thing in bringing him back in '86. And not, but then not putting him on the playoff on the playoff roster, you know, which which was a sin. I mean, straight up, sin. you know, to see Tom get his, you know, I hear Miguel Shoadel talk. I don't know if you've had Miguel on. Miguel, uh, not yet. A couple weeks from now, yeah. 
Miguel loves baseball to, to hear Miguel yeah. talk about Tom Seaver almost hurts me because I have to share him with Miguel Shoa though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, let me tell you something. There are a hundred thousand worse people in the world that I would share Tom Seaver than Miguel Shoa. Miguel Shoa is a stand-up <laughs> man, but I have to share him with another baseball team. Yeah. But you know, he, he has every right to Tom Seaver as I do. Well, and he, Tom got his only no-no there, and they they appreciated him more. I don't want to say more than the Mets fans do because Mets fans will always appreciate Tom Seaver. But you know, they took a they took our wayward son, who, <laughs> our wayward son, and 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 let him let him finish his his you know let him add to his illustrious career. You well, know, and and don't forget, Tom Seaver was part of a pitching staff that had Gentry, Kuzman, and Matlock. And a young Nolan Ryan, who was not even good enough to get, get out of the bullpen in the early six in the late sixties. Yeah, you know the Mets have always been blessed with good pitching. You know, we were just talking about it the other day. I'm thinking, Darling, Fernandez, Gooden, Cone. Uh, you know, then these four guys. It's 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 a sad thing, you know. But yes, I think Tom. Uh, to answer your two questions, that's how that's why the Mets because I was ra- I was born there, and that's where I remember going to and. And the connection of my father and and number t- and the last one is I think Tom Seaver, by far. Yeah, I, I have. It'll be, sad, it'll be a sad day when <laughs> you know this this awful disease takes him, but eventually yeah. it will. Yeah. It's um, he's one of those players that, uh, you know, like you said, he he had an impact. You know, a lot of uh, most players, you know, in the in the modern era you know, they, they have a lot of uh, teams on their roster. You know, you see a lot of teams next to their name. That's just the way it is for, for, for most players. But he was one of those rare players that he actually made an impact, not just on the, the play, not just on the records, not just on the, the, the dominance of the team, but he also had an impact on the fan base. He had an impact on the, on sort of the baseball culture of whatever city he went to. And that's why I think he's, he's, one of the greatest there ever was. I'm, I'm while you're talking, I'm looking up. I have a picture of Tom Seaver on my wall. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking up at him and I'm getting a little misty just thinking about, you know, yeah. what a, what a great person he was for the organization. Hey, listen, prior to Griffey and now obviously prior to, uh, to Rivera, he was the highest, he was the hall of famer with the highest vote, uh, first ballot totals ever. Yep. Yeah. You, I mean, who has a negative thing to say about Tom Seaver? That's one of the, well, it's the it is the player that I, to this day, consider it, it a, a a treat and a privilege. The fact that I got to see him on the mound live when I was yeah, you know six years old or five years old or whatever it was. Unbelievable. I, I can I, I can say the same thing, Matt. Uh, I wish I was older to have seen him. That that privilege I that that privilege for me, not for him, obviously. That uh that goes to Greg Maddox now. Oh yeah. To watch Greg, to watch the professor pitch, uh, you know, there's nothing like a Greg Maddox ball game. Hey, you're gonna go, want to go see Greg Maddox pitch tonight? I know it's an eight o'clock start, no problem. Ninety-two pitches, an hour and forty minutes, we're home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah. And the fact I, I, didn't know you guys, I didn't know you guys were big baseball fans. That's great. Yeah, the the fact that um, for me as a as a as a little kid going to Reds games, the fact that I got to see. Tom Seaver and Johnny Bench and you know Griffey Senior and Concepcion and and I mean just just you got to see Rose and you got to see Morton and you got to see Geronimo and you got to see Foster and yeah. Bench and Clay Carroll and Raleigh Eastwick yeah. and you 
man. The big red yeah, machine, I, baby. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of a little baseball guy. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, so, so let's. Uh, as much as I would, I would. Ser- I can seriously talk about baseball all night. Oh, but, but talking about nice. going back to cigars. What, <sighs> when you when you first came on with uh, and Eric Eric brought you in, what was the first cigar in the in the Espinosa portfolio that you had a hand in in anything? Whether it was just development, whether it was blending, whether it was getting it to market, any of it. What was the first one that you can remember that you had a hand in? Well, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When Eric brought me on, we didn't have a cigar yet. <laughs> we, we didn't have a cigar yet. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he came on. Listen, the story, and I, I do you no justice, and I do it no justice telling the story because I can't tell it from the personal angle that he can. But Eric finds out that, you know, Eric brings me on. And tells me that day, he tells me this is going to be Espinosa Cigars. I think at the beginning, it was supposed to be a bundle business. It was just supposed to be something for him to, for something to put, to give his son, to get his, his, his kids feet on the ground. And he wanted to bring in a tight man, a guy of confidence. And, you know, I don't know why he thought that would be me because we never worked together. But, you know, he'll tell you, Eric will tell you a hundred times that he's not book smart and all that other bullshit. And I, and I've always thought that's a, that's a front and a crock of shit anyway. But uh, he's for a guy who hasn't gone to school like I have. He's a very good judge of people. I mean, he doesn't. He won't tell you. You know, he won't tell you why that guy rubs him the wrong way. But he, when he tells you a guy rubs him the wrong way, you can pretty much bank it. You know. Yeah. So he uh, he brought me on, and we didn't have a cigar. We didn't know what the hell we were gonna do. But I know that shortly thereafter, we were on a plane to Nicaragua, and I didn't know shit about cigars. And, you know, and uh, he and Eric did. He knew, uh, you know, Eric doesn't really get involved in that aspect, not because it's 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 just not what he, you know, he his thing is his thing is the, the, the sale. man. His thing is the putting your putting the cigar in your hand, putting the cigar in your hand and entertaining the customers and and making them come back and making them remember is, is he doesn't want to talk about wrapper and filler and binder. Not because he can't or he doesn't want, he doesn't know. Just that's not his shit. You know, it's it's there's nothing sexy to it, nothing funny to it. You know, there's nothing that that that, that oh, that's only the nerds and all the Hector talk to the nerds. That's what he does. You know, so and that's fine with me because that's I do like that nerdy shit. But I remember us sitting at the sitting at the factory and it's Carlos who runs the factory for us over there in Nicaragua, and Eric and me and and some tobacco because we had just opened. We didn't have a lot of tobacco. Well, all right, let's. Let's try that together. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, that's pretty good. That's better. All right. So that's how that went. I mean, since day one, I've been I've been there. You know, I've been next to him, and uh, it wasn't until after I think in our second year when I think we brought La Huala on, and and then we had Abe's project that uh, he says, "All right, you're because you, you know, listen." Like I said earlier, that master blender bullshit. You know, I, I like to consider myself the Rachel Ray of the tobacco blending industry. <laughs> she's short, she's heavy, she's cute. You know, what do you got there? You got me right there. You got all those aspects are me. When I think of Rachel Ray, I think of Hector Alfonso Senior. Oh, absolutely. That's me. And I don't take myself as seriously as and 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 we don't take ourselves that serious. Me nor me or Rachel. 
but you know, it's I've always said it in every interview before. I I, I know what he likes, so yeah, yeah. It's to make something that I know he's gonna like is is not that hard. At first, it wasn't that hard, but we're way past that now. But now, you know, we have to make cigars for people, and that's that's shit like that's crazy. So uh, you know, we I, I I think the 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 first one that 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 they were we were all look we're we're all involved up to this day. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it's the same way. The same way that he doesn't get, he probably doesn't get the the he doesn't get any of the kudos or doesn't get any any of the mentions with the blends is probably for the same way I don't get any mentions for for you know opening this guy because that's not really what you know what we're set up to do you know and you know we all uh, he he set up to do that part I'm set up to do this nothing goes nothing gets made there without his approval nothing gets made there without us not all sitting around and smoking it whether together or individually. And agreeing on this is what's best, or this is the best brand, this is the best, this is the best example of what we can do with this particular tobacco. That's what we do. So since day, I can tell you that since day one, I've been involved in everything uh, more as more as the as the years have gone by. But as I say, more more in the front, more in the front end. But he's he's still involved in the back end. Yeah. And, you know, but his involvement in the company is so much more than mine. I mean, his responsibilities are 10 times what mine are. You know, I can't I can't tell you how gray my beard would be if my if my day to day concerns were his day to day concerns. I I really I have I have the plumbest of jobs. I really do. I mean, I have the plumbest of jobs. Oh, uh, you know, what did you smoke today? Well, I just smoked some samples. Oh, you didn't smoke anything name brand? Sometimes those. You know, those are those are those rarities that you'll never see. I love them. I love you. Love it. Whenever you see me at the office, I'm smoking something with a white band on. I'm not smoking any of the brand stuff. I'm smoking stuff that we're working on, and hopefully we'll get back to it, and we can, and we'll rehash it at one point. So, I've been there since day one. I'm happy to have been there since day one, and uh, and I owe it all to him because, like I said, I could have been, hell, I could be like I said, I could be the the the, the receipt checker at Walmart if it hadn't been for him. <laughs> And I'm glad, and I'm glad he took a chance with me. And uh, you know, I'm not an easy guy to work for. I'm not an easy guy to work with. Uh, I'm moody, and I don't like to travel, and you know, and, and I'm overweight, so I'm hot all the goddamn time. And you know, and <laughs> and, and I like, and I like people that he doesn't like. And you know, and, and well, let me rephrase that. I, my people are different <laughs> than his people, and his people are different than my people, and Jack's people are different than our people, and. But at the end of the day, man, you know, that's uh, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the horse that that brought me here. And that's the that's the guy who plucked me out of the miners, man. Yeah. When I was just, uh, you know, when I was not when I had no idea what I was going to do, when yeah. we had no idea where this economy was going to go. And and if I was wondering if I was going to have to eat one of my kids or if I was going to have to lose a bunch of weight and do home invasions, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> something had to start happening soon, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about some of the uh you know because there's there have been so many projects that you've had a chance to work on with different people and and tell us about some of the the projects that have been uh sort of extraordinarily fun or 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 interesting or 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 you know crazy stories around some of the stuff you've done with the guys at protocol or the guys at uh, our friends at cigar dojo and stuff like that all the different projects what you know what what is that like working on those special projects the dojo stuff's fun. All right, the dojo stuff's fun because that's always worked out between Eric and Eric. Yeah. They work it out, and then Eric will walk in, uh, bro, listen, 
They want to do something called turd burglar, or I don't know what the hell is going to be. Or, you know. <laughs> but you know, or, you know, I, they want to do Hong Kong fully or something. They want something, bro. They want to put some Chinese name on it. I'll tell you a funny story. You know what's a funny story about the dojo guys? They called my good friend Tim Wong, who's our rep in California, to run some names by him. To if he thought they were like, they they come across the wrong way. And Tim goes, I'm Chinese, not Japanese. Oh. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a bad one. That's a that's a dark that's a dark one for the for my guys at Dojo. <laughs> so you know, somebody needs to put a, somebody missed a a, a kingy and nonviolence class there. So uh, <laughs> the Dojo guys is real simple. Eric said, Yeah, man, he wants to call it Long Ducks Dong and just go out there and, and do whatever, and, and that's it. I love levity like that. I love that because it's it's easy. Then they're working like the thing we did with General. That's a little different. There you got to you know you got to put on your your good boy hat and you go over there and you meet with them and you know and and, 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 and you know and, and, and it's, you know it's not the way you treat everybody. You know, it's you know you got to be it's 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 big league. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I wore a shirt and tie and shorts. You know, but you know, still you know. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it's you had to be very professional, and you know, you have to kind of, you know, they have their method of doing things, and you know, and but at the end of the at the end of the day, they had the same goals as us. They just want a good kick-ass cigar, and, and that's what we did. And then uh, you had uh, working doing the thing for Abe that you know was important, just because, like I said, Eric went to pick me up at the airport. But probably the most fun for me was <laughs> doing. Uh, doing the protocol cigar because you got to understand, I have a love hate relationship with Cancel. I don't. <laughs> I don't <dislike> him. <laughs> he thinks I don't like him, and that's not true. It's just Juan and me are two different guys. If me and Juan worked together, we wouldn't hang out ever because <laughs> we'd be sick of each other all day, you know. But Juan, Juan, you know, I give him credit because a lot of very few people in this world get to live their dream and get to live it on such a level. <laughs> he is yeah. living it right now. I mean, when you, when you look at the book on how to, how to do cigar events and how to do things, none of that shit's in the book, but it worked for them and God bless them. And I, I always, I always start off with the story of how Juan and me met. I knew who he was, but like I said, being the way I am, I don't, I, I'm very happy not being the guy. I'm be I'm very happy being the guy the guy comes to. That's where I'm much better and more comfortable at. So I work six to two a.m. I six p.m. six a.m. to two two p.m. So on Sundays I try to I'm in bed by halftime of the second of the by the ESPN game I'm I'm in bed by halftime. Yeah. Unless the Dolphins are playing I mean or losing or whatever. So <laughs> um, call I get a call like at ten o'clock at night. So I have elderly parents, and when my phone rings at night, so I scramble for it. New York number. Hello? Hey, is this Hector? I said, yeah. Hector Alfonso? I said, yeah. Hey, man, this is Juan Cancel. I said, from the Internet? <laughs> from the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, because I, didn't want to, I couldn't even think of Facebook. I said, from, the, from online Juan Cancel? He goes, yeah. How you doing, Papa? I'm good, good. <laughs> Hey man, I was wondering if I could ask you a question. I go, let me ask you one first. He goes, Yeah, man. 
how the fuck did you get my phone number? <laughs> he goes, oh, Eric gave it to me. Eric gave you my number. Interesting. I will be making a call as soon as I'm done here. So, so, so what's up? What are you doing? I go, I start, I, you know, I go on shift at 6 a.m. Oh, okay. I better make it quick or we can do it tomorrow. No, no, quick. Let me talk to you about this. So he talks to me about this thing he wants to do and the cigar he wants to make. And so when I hang up, I call Eric. Now it's like 11. So Eric's like, hello, everything okay? I go, did you give one cancel on my phone? <laughs> He goes, yeah, bro, but I didn't talk. Okay, that's all. That's all I needed to know. All right, thanks. I hung up. But I didn't tell him to call you today. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But you gave him my phone number. All right, so, so that's like a chip in the box for later. I'll I'll be pulling that one out at a later date. So, uh, Juan, we do a cigar for Juan, and then we were doing a cigar for La Huala también. But both with Danny Moya and Danny, and and Nelson Ruiz. But Danny and, and Juan had started to really frost my ass about stronger and stronger and stronger. So when I went to Nicaragua, I decided to make a cigar that would kill him. So <laughs> I made the cigar so I made the, the strongest cigar I could possibly make with the material I had at my disposition. I made one for one for Danny and one for one for Cancel, hoping that they would get it, they would smoke it, and either they would just absolutely their mouth would explode. And I wouldn't hear from them again. Or, you know, they dropped dead. One of the two. Either one would have been fine with me. I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I mean, we were, I, wasn't that, I wasn't committed at the time to them. You know what I mean? So uh, I make one. They're different blends, but one has a lighter wrapper. One has a darker wrapper. I sent them to one I can't sell. As, as luck would have it, Eric's in New York for some events. So he calls me and he goes, bro, this cigar that you gave protocol? He goes, yeah. I goes, you like it? He goes, it's just fucking, you can't sell this. It's too strong. I go, it sucks. He goes, no, it's fantastic. It's just too strong. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not good. And then the next day I get the same call from Danny. Bro, I love the cigar. We want to do the cigar. Well, uh, that cigar became protocol, the blue protocol. And the other one became Chinese finger trap, which was a oh, limited release that, uh, that they did for the dojo community. Yeah. Not necessarily for dojo itself, I think, but for the dojo community. Yeah. So I pretty much gave up trying to hurt anybody with tobacco at that point. <laughs> but uh, those were the funnest ones. The guy came back going, I'm going to kill him with this. I know it. I know I'm going to kill him with this. No, no, no. So, you know, <laughs> that, I, I, I wish I had some funnier stories. I mean, I, I, I just don't. Uh, I, I do like I do like the people who I, when I go to Nicaragua, the people who I, I, I'm with there and the guys who I consider my friends in the industry who are, yeah. who are guys yeah. like who do what I do. And I, you know, who, who, who do this part of the business. Uh, it's just the conversations are different. And what we find funny is a lot different than what the other <laughs> 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 we actually find them funny. So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, but, but I've met, I've met people in this industry that are sincerely good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll tell you that had I, I'm surprised at times coming from where I come from that I'm actually, that I actually am, that I actually do talk to such people because, uh, you know, you do tend to, you do tend to put people in boxes, you know, and, and uh, I've, I've met some really good people. Look, uh, when Willie, when Willie Herrera is here, mm-hmm. I go to Willie's house every 10 days or 12 days. Yeah. Uh, and we've never smoked anything with the band on it. Everything we smoke is from, you know, from this testing tray or this to and we just talk tobacco and just, you know, and I like that. I mean, it might, it's not sexy. 
It's not the great stories that the reps have because nobody has better stories than the reps. The reps are the best. The yeah. brand owners yeah. like no great stories, but the reps have seen all these fucking stories happen. <laughs> and the reps have the best stories, you know? Yeah. But yeah. the, the I, I, I like the guy, my guys. My guys are, you know, they're they're funny, man, because we, you know, we we just uh we kind of suited up a little bit, you know. But I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. It's it's a great industry to be in. And I'm very like I said, I'm very lucky to to be there now eight years. I'm very lucky that I'm with Espinosa. I'm lucky that Eric took the shot with me. And you know, with all this, with, with all the movement you see, I mean, going back to baseball, now the winter, it's like winter baseball meetings are coming up and winter cigar meetings are coming up. Yeah. Uh, you, you won't see this, this horse jump. I'm, I'm true to my shoe, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, I'm going to try to make it a career in one company. I'm going to see if I can be the only guy who's ever done that. Well, Hector, if this is you sick and all coked up, I would hate to see what you're like. Not sick and all coked up. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm I, I I'm having some I, I am I'm I'm talking and I'm having some recall issues. I'm, I I I want to find the right word and I'm 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 a little hesitant. But I'm I'm I, that prednisone's got me breathing good and the uh, doesn't have me speaking very well, but has <laughs> me feeling good and that Z pack and then I'm taking you know because you 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 spend all day sitting and your back hurts and you lay down yeah. and your yeah. back hurts early so. I'm yep. popping a leave and I'm popping this and I I'm going back to work tomorrow because I just, I, I know that if I don't go to work tomorrow, then there's Thursday and Friday. There's no way I'm going to want to go to work Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to work tomorrow and then and tough it out. But, uh, I, I've, I've been known to get a little loose on the shows. Uh, I've been known to get, a, I like it. I like, I like having somebody else on so we can talk shit, but you know, this stuff like this, you know, I'm, I'm kind of here at your disposal. Anything you guys, and I'll, I've, I've got no time limit. I'll be on as long as you guys want me to be on. Well, hey, real quick, are you doing Bear's show anytime soon? Uh, Bear has – I haven't been on Bear's show in more than a year probably. But Bear, you know, Bear – I started – I was one of the first guys on Bear's show. Yeah. And I think Bear's – Bear's getting his feet wet, and I, I think he's doing the right thing. He's trying to get – he's trying to hit as many – he's trying to touch as many bases as he can. And, well, yeah, uh, and that's when we're really in the same boat. You know, yeah. we're we're just we just started in February. We're just we're just uh, kind of in the same boat, getting our feet wet and and learning how to do this as we go and doing doing the best we can. And and uh, well, you you guys, I, I'm I'm watching. I'm 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 a little I'm a little out of it, but I can see you guys are prepared. You guys did your homework. You asked me the right questions. You you knew a little bit about my background. Better than you can, and you smoke, and you're smoking the cigar. The other thing you haven't talked about is whether you like the cigar or not, or what your favorite cigars are. But you guys are doing great. Listen, this has become a very tight. This is a very tough industry you guys are in now, just like we are. Yep. The the cigar media, the guy, the cigar news media. You know, you have the guys in print, uh, the ones nobody likes. Then you have all the, uh, you know, you have the, the the dojo guys, and then you have Coop, who's who's uh, who's who's. Oh, uh, well, what's the name of the guy who took over for Dick Clark? Who who's who uh, with the ball at New Year's? New Year's oh, Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Who's the Ryan Seacrest of the cigar industry? He's everywhere. He's got a radio show now. He's doing music. You know, Coop's everywhere. The Dojo guys are they're everywhere. Now you guys are on the scene, and there's a bunch of other ones that I haven't that I have no idea who they are. I mean, I've been on with Federation. Those I like those guys. Those guys are really down to earth guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I didn't get a chance to meet him at the at the Lazona Palooza. He was invited, but he had some bike problems, so he couldn't make it. Uh, Brian Glenn was supposed to be there, and yeah, so I mean, 
there's a lot of guys out there who, who do podcasts. I think I've only broached yeah. the surface of it, but I, the guys who asked for, uh, for, look, anybody, you asked me to come on a podcast. It's pretty simple. We're going to talk about, we're, we're going to talk about the company. We're going to talk about our cigars. We're going to talk about how we, you know, what we're, what our goal is, what are, what we're, what are, what we're striving to. And then anywhere in between, we'll fill it with whatever you guys want to talk about. Look, I, if you guys want to hear stories, Eric's the guy to have on, man. And <laughs> you want to hear some other other types of stories? Jack's the kind of guy. Jack's the guy to have on. You want nerd talk, and you know, and you want to cry about Forrest Gump when Lieutenant Dan shows up with the metal legs? I'm your guy. That's the guy. <laughs> you want to talk about male movies that make we? I was in an office the other day, and and we're like, Eric says that he's never cried in the movie. I said, you've never seen a movie before in your life. Then what are you talking about? I go, how'd you not cry when John Wayne? Is getting is when they're when uh, the Green Berets is over and John Wayne, the little Asian, the little Vietnamese kid. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, so you avoid movies where you're gonna you're gonna cry. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, he said he had a phone call right at the end of Old Yeller, so he doesn't know how it ended. Yes, all you know, he he got to the movie after they had killed Bambi's mom. He didn't know anything about all that stuff. You know. How can you not? So, how can you not cry at the end of the natural when when Robert Redford oh, hits the home run? Man, when when Roy Hobbs hits that home run, how and and the, all the sparks start falling down. How can you not cry at that? Give me oh, a break, dude. It's baseball. It's baseball. It's baseball. <laughs> it's baseball. How do you not cry at the end of League of Their Own when you know when this uh, when when the, the the short annoying kid the kid, the fat annoying kid is yeah. at the Hall of Fame? You yeah. know yeah. he's grown up now. You know, look. Or uh, in front of Tommy Boy when he's playing with his dinghy, you know. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe that's not such a tearful no? scene. But no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you just uh, killed, yeah. you killed the moment. Damn it! Yeah, you got <laughs> fucked up, man. You, <laughs> you shit all over that one. I can't help you. I can't even fix that. You're on your own, brother. Yeah, fix that. So let's instead of trying to fix it, let's let's, let's move on. Let's transition. We're. So, so every week we do a useless fact of the week, and since it's Thanksgiving week, we're going to talk turkey. Mm. So, uh, you guys know there's a there's a name for that thing that that hangs down from uh, from the chin of a turkey. You know what that thing's called? Isn't that called the gobbler or the fabbler or something like that? Isn't it something lure? No. Is oh, it, okay. Well, I know on a lizard it's called a dewlap. It's, I, I thought a cow too. I think <laughs> it's called a snood. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. It's, made called, a called that. it's called a snood. So, and this this kind of kind of blew me away that the uh, the the dangly appendage that hangs from the turkey's forehead to the beak is called a snood. And the these fleshy fl- <laughs> fleshy I, these fleshy flaps. Yes, I just said that. I just said that live on the air. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. I got this. I got this off the internet, so you know it's got to be true. <laughs> they can change color according to the turkey's physical and mental health, so it's like a mood ring for turkeys. Snood. There you go. It's, it's the mood snood. So that's that's an. If, a, so you just have a moil take that off, right? <laughs> Just have a bris. Just yeah. get, just call your rabbi. Just a little off the top, rabbi. A little off the top there, you know. <laughs> just nip the tip. Yeah. Just... yeah. He's circled the travel. Not too much. Uh... So so. Uh, wow. The, uh, that's that uh, that name is available for anybody who's looking for a new cigar name. Mood snood. Yep. That's so. that might be a new dojo cigar. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me get him. Let me get him on the phone. I'm gonna get him on the. On the... Just tell Eric I want a free bundle. That's yeah. that's that's we just want yep. a bundle. That's it. <laughs> all right. No and uh, so now, favorite. so now we go to our favorite segment of the week. Numero, Numero de, de los muertos. All right, guys. What's the number? number of the dead? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. This number is uh, twenty-four, and that number is of all time since the first one recorded in nineteen seventy-three. So 24 have died from this since 1973. Yes. Is it people? It is people. It's people. That have died. Soda machine fell on them. Soda machine fell on them? No, that is much higher. It's, uh, yeah, that that average is out to about four a year. Shit. Yeah. Stupid people was wrong. Yeah. We on that one. Nothing to do with nothing. Nobody removing removing a turkey schmood. Twenty four people in the last thirty six years. In the last forty six years. Yeah, and uh, so I'll give you a little geography. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is between Texas and North Carolina. Does it involve feral hogs? No. Though a seeing bypass, no. Uh, does it involve animals? It does involve animals. Um, is it relations with sheep? Mm. <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't know who said that. It wasn't me. That's weird. Bitten by a rattler? No, that can't be. Yeah. No, not a rattlesnake. Um, is it a mammal? Uh, it is not a mammal. It's not a mammal. Does it swim? Yeah, it swims. It swims. Does it also walk? It does also it walk. It also walks. Alligator. It alligator attack? Alligator. Is it alligator attacks? It is alligator attacks. There you go. Hector with knowledge. Boom. Dropping knowledge bombs on us. So 20. If you want, listen, if you need another 100,000 gators, we've got them here. In yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, majority They're They're everywhere. Yep. Oh. So majority of that number comes from Florida. Yeah. Um, and it comes from intoxicated people uh, running um, uh, the the airboats in the Everglades. <laughs> oh, so man. over half of that number is people who have crashed or gotten stuck. They're drunk, so they yep. so they uh, they get out and they're trying to push their. They get airboat. their airboat la- their airboat landlocked, and they. Uh... Yep. <laughs> Um, and well, then, like, Hector, I'm sure in your time in law enforcement, you've never encountered any intoxicated people. Never, never, no. <laughs> never. Yeah. No, because you know it's there are no bad people. Oh well, yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah. Listen, once we started passing out participation trophies, everything went great here. Everything <laughs> self-corrected. Yeah, and everything was fine. <laughs> I agree, a hundred percent. Totally. This cigar. Hey, are you okay? What's that? Okay. All right. That's cool. This this cigar is incredible, by the way. Edgar. It is just, I'm going to nub this like I've never nubbed before. You're going to schnode it? Nice. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to do things to this that we're not going to show on you the gotta, air. You got you to gotta nip the schnood. <laughs> nip the schnood. My schnood mood is purple. Yeah, you're talking about movies. Uh, 
No, no, I can't. I don't. I've, I've been so good today. I can't. I didn't, I'm not even going to go down that road. I'll tell you off the air. Offline. <laughs> offline. The after, the after I'll show. tell you that one offline. I'll tell you that one offline. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's hit a little bit of a, a, a lightning round mm-hmm. here. So, Hector, if uh, what should I let's start with this? And I think I know based on what we've talked about already, what your answer is going to be. But this is an interesting question. Uh, if you could choose only one of the following um, to score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, to score a hockey goal as a goalie, or to to uh, hit a home run as a starting pitcher. Wow, to hit a home run up as a starting pitcher. That's 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 super obscure. Yeah, because pitchers, I mean. Very few pitchers are, are Mike Hampton-esque in their ability to swing the bat, right. like Levon or Levon Hernandez was a good hitting pitcher, and so was a uh, so was a uh, oh Mike Hampton, and there's a kid Tom Hammonds. Those guys could hit the ball. That's a very rare thing. Uh, hockey is listen. I'm going to tell you we we watch hockey down here, but we haven't really been serious hockey fans. The Panthers are doing very well this year. Uh, they've had some really great games, some some really breakout games against some good teams. But it's been a long time since they were, you know, we followed them in 97, and they took a team of tough, young defensive players and made it all the way to the finals and ran into Fosberg and Sack. Sa- Sa- <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Those two great, they had they had possibly the best goalie ever between yeah. the – and they, Patrick Waugh. And I kept saying, but his name is Roy. Uh, we are new to this hockey shit and we're from Florida and we're Cuban and we don't care. But, uh, they, they ran into, they ran into a wall. Did you, if you, you guys were hockey fans back then, did you see the teams that they had to beat to get to the finals? Mm -hmm. Any of those teams would have given Colorado a better run than the, than the Panthers did. Except, and that, that last game, the elimination game, what a great game that was. Van Beesbrook was on his game that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, but hockey's not not my thing. And you said as a defensive man, a strip sack and a touchdown, is that what you said? So just to score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. I mean, sure. for a defensive back to score a touchdown, it's not so rare. But for yeah. a lineman to score a but touchdown? But for a lineman to rumble and stumble and bumble exactly. into the end zone, yeah, yeah. That's, probably, that's probably delicious right there. I'll take that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. take that. I, I love I love watching the big boys rumble oh, down the yeah. field. That's listen. You laugh. You said when you uh, as a, as a Spanish kid growing up, your your parents tell you that you're going to be a ball player because you're Spanish. <laughs> so, <laughs> which only works if you were born in the Dominican. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but my dream was always that not to not to be an all star or to be a player, but I just would have loved to have been on the field when you know when they do the introductions to the all star games that all the all stars line up. And they all do the same thing, you know, and now playing third base for the New York Mets. And, you know, you kind of tip your hat like that. Oh, totally. That was, that was always my dream. I know it's very sappy, but that was always my childhood dream. Yeah. So if, right. you, if you could uh, um, if you could choose to hear the thoughts mm-hmm. of one living person for 10 minutes, who would that person be and why? Courtney Love, because she's fucking crazy. <laughs> Best answer ever. That's fantastic. Oh, 
I would just love to see what the hell is going on. <laughs> just to know what's I, going on in there. You know what? I got to take that back because she's not relevant anymore. So I guess it would have to go to my second favorite crazy person. It would have to be Kanye West. I, I'd like to hear how he talks himself. You know, let me look up Kim online. Oh, shit. Not those videos again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it, it would be – I'd like to listen to Kanye talk shit in his head for yeah. 10 minutes. I'd yeah. love to hear oh, Just man. to hear the arguments he has with himself. I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, you're right. Yeah, I know. All right. All right. If you uh, if you were about to get into a fight, that's it. We're not. There's no really out of that one. But go ahead. If you, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Am I in the wrong or am I in the right? That's an important thing, man. You got to. You got, it's an important thing for me. <laughs> well, the soundtrack music. You're the you're the hero. Of the you're the hero of the movie. Oh, then it's got to be it's got to be the KLF <laughs> transcendental from the KLF. <laughs> it can't be no wussy wham shit. It's got to be <laughs> wake me up. <laughs> it can't be wake me up before you go. It's got to be the last train to transcendental. It's got to be the KLF or. If I really want to, it's got to be snap. I got the power. That's a great. It's got to be those songs that you hear walking. When you're walking, you hear yourself walk. Even though you're not in the movie, you hear yourself in that. It's got to be like that. There you go. There you go. If if you could give one piece of advice to a new cigar consumer, what would it be? Invest in something else. Oh, no. Great brand uh, ambassador. Uh, no, oh, a cigar. Oh, I thought you said another cigar company. I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> I, and you know, it's funny. I have this. I, I this happens to me at least once a week. I said, listen. I, I told this guy this week. He came into the shop, and I guess the owner told him something. So he sought me out, and he goes, "This is what I'm smoking," and he was smoking another brand. And I said, "Do you like that?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, look." This is the problem with happen. This is the problem with getting hooked on a cigar. That cigar moves okay here. Once that cigar is out, you could go two, three weeks without seeing that cigar again. I would recommend that you go to your cigar clerk and you ask him, I love this cigar. I am really into the cigar. Can you turn me on to two or three cigars just like this? Mm. So that I will always have a fallback. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, that's a good idea. So he says, can you help me? And and this is going to make Eric proud. He goes, well, can you help me? Because the first brand was not ours. He goes, well, can you help me? I said, sure. And then I turned him on to two of our cigars. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you So if you could give one piece of advice to cigar retailers, specifically brick and mortar cigar retailers around the country, what would it be? Smoke Espinosa every day. No, seriously. There you go. Listen, no, you know, that's really, I, I went on my first sales trips this year and they were really sales trips. They were more like nerdapaloozas that, you know, I went, I went to shops that, that wanted to talk, you know, tobacco and talk, you know, they talk all the nuts and, and they loved it. But uh, if I, you know, I, the one conversation I, I seemed to be having with all of them when I was there was that it seems that a lot of them are put under a lot of undue pressure by some of these manufacturers. Let me tell you something. I've worked for this guy for eight years. 
and this guy doesn't, you know, he doesn't, uh, he does things that I don't, I have never seen anybody else do. And we, and, you know, we're still here and we're still, and we're still working. You know, there, I've heard these retailers tell me that brands may put limits on them that to get this, they got to get that. And yeah. they get the, and, and Eric said, bro, why would I, why would I discount any, any sale? I want my, I want my cigar in every store possible, yeah. you know? So what I've always told him, I said, listen, you know, you do what you, you do what's best for your store, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you as well. And why do you, why would you be stuck carrying, why would you have to carry 40 facings of something when what you, what your store really would sell were two or three of these facings? You know, you're not, you're not doing a service to your clientele. Look, there's a, somebody told, I, I'm not like, I don't travel to a lot of stores. Um, I heard there's a store in Texas. They're a big Lancero store. All right. And they, I think it's Stogie's in Texas. So Stogie's in Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big Lancero store. Yeah. So what do you try to sell when you go there? Your Lancero. Or they, you know, your Lancero sizes. Why would you try to sell that guy? Why would you try to push that guy to take six by sixties and seven by seventies and, and all this other stuff when what he really needs or what he really wants is on service. That's what his client wants. Yeah. I've told him, I've told him, I mean, you got to make, you got to make the purchases that are best for your clients. And then, you know, their, their retort is always the same. Yeah. But if I don't get it then I don't get this brand or that brand and, and they'll go online and they'll buy it or they'll go to another shop and buy it. I said, bro, that's, you know, that's the, that's, that's the yin and the yang of, of this, of the brick of the brick and mortar. You know, it's, it's, I like my shop because everybody there, they're real loyal. Those guys, that's their shop. Yeah. But that, that doesn't happen everywhere. I mean, I don't know about up there and, but I can tell you for sure down here, very few guys are, are store loyal, you know, but yeah. that's what I try to tell them, bro. Dude, you got to do what's best for your store. If yeah. it's not, if our, if our stuff doesn't sell, you know, and you've tried it all, then what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, let's go to uh, notable smokables. Mm -hmm. We talk about a couple cigars that we've smoked over the last week or so that are interesting. They could be new. They could be old. Just something that we, uh, that we lit up this week. Uh, my first one this week was, uh, oh, the little, uh, the little short uh, perfecto, the Opus X love affair. Oh. So, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a delicious little cigar. It's overpriced, mm -hmm. but it's it's fantastic. It's really yep. it's really fantastic it's cigar. A good treat. So I uh, lit that one up uh, just a few days ago. Enjoyed it very much. Well, I kind of as we talked about before the show, Matt. I did a Espinosa trip this week, and uh, so my first notable is the twenty year, which has been one of my recent go tos. I love loved. I love that cigar. Dude, it's so, yeah. and I'm not trying to be a fanboy, but um, realistically, that has been um, just one of my new favorites that I love. Yeah, yeah. So, Hector, I know being in the position you are, and 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 most of the people we talk to, they smoke their own stuff. Obviously, that's that's the way it's got to be. But do you ever uh, get a chance to uh, you know uh, smoke something from other companies that you respect? Oh, and that's of course. Listen. I've always taken I've always taken offense with I, I think it's silly. If you ask me, I think it's silly if you don't smoke anybody's stuff but your own. First of all, there's a lot of there's Jack when I before we started working together, me and Jack were at the show once and I told him, Have you smoked anything good while you were here? It's like the second day of the show. He goes, Buddy, this place is full of great cigars. Problem mm. is 
you're never going to, most of them will never see the light of day. Yeah. So I, when I, when I run across guys who say they don't smoke anything but their own stuff, I, you know, I think they're doing themselves an incredible misservice. And it's just, it's they're they're first of all, how else do you know what's new out there? What's going on out there? Mm-hmm. Secondly, yep. how, you know, I think there's some kinship to that. I think if you smoke a cigar, you smoke your man, your, your, your competition cigar or a friend of your cigar, even if you're on different levels, yeah. if you smoke a cigar, I think it's a sign of respect, you know? Look, I smoke, I, I smoke a lot of Roma crap. I like, Oh. The I like the Neanderthal cigar. Mm-hmm. I also I like the Black Irish. I like the Wonderlust. You know, those are those are the ones I like. Uh, I like I like Willie stuff. I I'm not a big. I don't smoke a lot of Drew Estate. Not anymore. It's been a long time since I smoked. I was, but I'm I'm heavy into the Herrera Estelí that he does in my the Miami Estelí, the Miami Herrera, which is fantastic. I like the uh, the Brazilian that he did. I also like the his undercrown. Uh, I smoke a lot of Black Works. I smoke a lot of HVC. I smoke a lot of HVC. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like HVC a lot. I think he's a nice young guy as well. I'm trying to think who else do I smoke a lot of? I smoke as as much as I, I I'll deny it because you know he'll tell you he's not worthy of it. I love soccer shit a lot. I like I like Steve stuff a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I smoke a lot of the stuff by uh, the guys from. I smoke Crux because I, I. Yeah. I I have some of it because Casey was in our office is in our office for years, so I I have plenty of Crux stuff. And then of the the big guys, I would tell you I smoke. There's only one cigar I crave. I crave. I'm a. I, I crave it. I like. I'm a Fuente guy. Not a Fuente guy. I'm a Padron guy. I like a Padron. I like a number nine, and I like it natural. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the cigar I crave. And of the Fuentes, I I like Casa Cuba. Mm-hmm. I like Casa Cuba. Yep. And I used yep. I used to smoke a lot of the uh, the seventy sevens. I used to smoke a lot of Sharks, mm-hmm. but I've lost I've lost a little I've lost a little taste for it. So I you know Casa Cuba for me does and believe it or not, I like the Rosados. I thought I thought the Rosados oh. are great. Oh yeah, that was a good Fuente. But when I crave a cigar, it's it's that one. I, I want a Padron. I'll go in there. I'll get a Padron. I'll sit down and. And then I'm good because I've got I've got 60 different lines that I can smoke, and I think all of them are fantastic, and none of them none of them take a backseat to anybody's cigar. Yeah. But everyone, when I want something different, and since I don't smoke Cubans, yeah, I just for just for the you know just on GP, yeah, I don't I don't I don't have that issue that you know I, I gotta have this I gotta have that I I yeah. tell you when I get Cubans, you know who enjoys them the most, Alan. I, I take them to Alan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we don't, you know, we don't really talk about Cuban cigars on this show. It's it's just something we don't we don't deal with. It's if if things change in the future, maybe we will. But right now, we just don't we don't deal with well, it. I respect I respect you for that. That's that's great. I mean, listen when I when I see a, a list that has a Cuban on it, well, you know, so your top twenty five this year is really a top twenty two because those three aren't available. It's just, I, I, I own, I own Cuban cigars. I still buy some Cuban cigars, but it's, it's, it's rare. I'm, I maybe buy two boxes of Cubans a year. It's, it's, it's rare that I, that I spend money on Cuban cigars. My, my, my sister's husband is a, is a different generation than I am. He's a, he's a much younger man and his, his Cuba issue is he doesn't have the same issues with Cuba that, that I had growing up with my parents did. Yeah. So he goes to Cuba regularly 
and uh, he brought me back some Maine on his uncle's farm that were delicious. They're hand rolled. You could yeah. tell they were hand rolled. And I, I'm a big fan. I've become a big fan of the tobacco, but of the brands, no. I, you can you can have them. I don't. I, it's not for me. It's just not for me. But yeah, well, those those are the when you're asking me the brands that I smoke that when I'm not smoking my own stuff, that's that's where you're gonna see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just one other one quickly for me. And, and, uh, this was just sort of ironic, um, branding wise, but, uh, I smoked the, uh, cause we had, we had Juan, uh, Cancel and, and, and Kevin. Couple weeks ago you had him on. What's that? You had him on a couple of weeks ago. We had him yeah. on. Yeah. A few weeks ago. And, and, uh, they were kind enough to send us some stuff. And, um, I've been a fan of the, that, that original protocol since it came out and, and I smoked, uh, I smoked one of those uh, just within the last 10 days or so. And it's, I mean, it's just as good as it ever was. It's, it's, it's been one of my favorite cigars since it hit the market. And um, you want to know something ironic about that cigar? What's that? The best size, the best size for that cigar will never be released. Oh, really? It's a double Corona. Okay. They only, they, they only order them for themselves. Of okay. course, I stopped them. I stopped some at Hector Customs and took some for myself. I impounded some with court and port authority. I, I this is a couple of years ago. I took ten of twenty of a bundle that came in. They are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, they they uh, that was a that was a, a blend I've enjoyed forever. So I mean, well, since twenty fifteen. Um, so. Uh, Guys, just a few, uh, for those of you watching and listening again, thanks, uh, for joining us. Uh, a few programming notes for some things coming up here in the near future. Uh, next week on, we're into December already next week. That's crazy. Man. But, uh, next week, uh, on December 3rd, m we already uh, mentioned his name, Mr. Miguel Shodell from crown heads. is going to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Very excited to welcome him. Uh, and then, uh, on December 10th, uh, Terrence Riley from Aganorsa leaf mm -hmm. will join us. And uh, the last show of 2019 uh, on the 17th uh, mentioned him as well. Uh, Paul Rubens. Paul, Ru Paul Rubens. Yeah. yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. No. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, yeah. uh, Justin Andrews from Diesel Cigars is going to be oh, going to be live on the show. That'll so be better than Paul Rubens. That will be better. Better yeah. than Paul Rubens. All right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to task you with three things. Okay. You're going to have uh, first you're going to have Miguel on, right? Yes. Yep. Over and under on Cincinnati Reds baseball talk will be 10 minutes. <laughs> I've already voted for the over. Yeah. <laughs> you're also going to have on, you're also going to have on Terrence Riley, right? Yes. You have St. Terrence on. So I would put a hundred dollars that you cannot find anybody. If you had a call in show who has anything bad to say about that man. All right. Absolutely zero negative feedback on that guy. So you got my hundred against a, a perfect pitch count of zero for him. There you go. And Justin Andrews, you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear about minor league baseball and about how sad his East Carolina Pirates did, <laughs> how they did on dirty. You're gonna hear about that. All right. Yes. I don't want to tell you that I'm, I I might not be Joe popular, but I know my people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Hector, give give uh, our listeners and our viewers uh, a final little snapshot of what's coming up for Espinosa Cigars and um, uh, any uh, any big events coming up soon. Oh my God! Well, we had the mother of all events. La Zona Palooza was just concluded a couple of weeks ago. I went ahead and celebrated that by getting sick for the last three days, which was great. 
Good. Because I shook a lot of hands, man. Let me tell you, we shook a lot of hands, hugged a lot of people. Uh, let's see. We have a we got a cigar that we're releasing. I can't remember. Yeah, the War Zone coming out. Our collaboration with General. Uh, we also did a. Um, we also had a hand in Protocols Black Friday release. It's coming out this week. The Confidential Informant. Yes. So yeah. for that, uh, we also helped uh, with Caravan Cigar Company's release of Fair Warning. If you've never met the guys from Caravan, they are the most interesting bunch of guys you've ever seen. Uh, it's a, a father and two sons, and they're hilarious. He says he's my spirit animal, which <laughs> Brian Lewis is one one hug away from getting a restraining order. <laughs> me again. Then of, then of course, sometime in November, and I'm sure Justin uh, Justin will probably be all all about that when you talk to him in, in a couple of weeks. But uh, the war zone. Uh, from what I understand, some of the generals distributing it, and some of the distributors already are out of their out of their stockpile of what their allotment was. So uh, I'm hoping that it's all gone by the time Justin's on there. <laughs> and then you know, for 2020, you know, uh, we're you know we're Espinosa, we're we're very we're on top of our being doing our due diligence. Uh, we want to be compliant, and uh, we will make because we want to make sure that we're around after. Whether the whether the the, the the dike springs another leak or we get another reprieve, uh, we're making sure that we're going to be around for our consumers and our customers. And we've also got a couple of great things planned for 2020. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can just keep building the team. Oh, you know what? I didn't mention we brought on uh, Richie Otero. And I, I forgive oh, my yeah. accent. I'm going to blame it for being on Under the Weather. Richie, uh, Richie left where he was a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Eric was looking for somebody that can help us to – tighten up where we were missing, you know, we don't have representation and to help with some, you know, to help with some of these key accounts that, you know, that we don't have, uh, we don't have reps in that area and that he can, you know, he can help us with his experience at his former company <coughs> all the while still keeping Eric and Jack on the road and doing their, their things. You know uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a multi-pronged approach. You know, I, no. uh, it's uh it's it's what we need, you know, and we're, we're doing all the changes that we need to do to keep the company afloat, not afloat, but keep it current. And then we most importantly, is you got, you got to get the message out, you know, and yeah, and Richie, uh, Richie seems to be somebody who's who's in who's all in with our vision. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a fine addition. Uh, it's going to take him some time, obviously, to, to it's a new company and and it's a family business and the dynamics, all the dynamics are always different. But, you know, he's got two guys that are that he considers friends that are working there beforehand. And, and you know, he's developing his rapport with Eric now in, in the last couple of weeks. So I think it's a good hire for us. So, you know, we're just uh, we're steadily we're steadily going on. I, I hope and I, I really hope that 2020 is that year for us, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And, uh, you know, again. I've got, a, I've got, you know, like I always told you, this is a Nexus has Lexus has that December to remember. Cigar aficionado gives me that December to forget because I've got, I've got three cigars or four cigars that are that are eligible for the uh, top 25. And when I say we, I say me. I say that the, our company, you know, that that we that we have pending, and I'm the one that's always on top of that. So we'll see where they land. Yeah. In the yeah. in the top 25, if they land at all. <clears throat> so I appreciate you guys bearing with bearing up with the voice and. And me not being 100%, but it was a pleasure to be on with you guys. And anytime you guys ever, uh, you know, you, you need me or Eric or anybody you want, 
let me know and, and we'll make that happen for you. Yeah, we appreciate awesome. your time and thanks for uh you know, thanks for uh, sticking with us through uh, a little bit of a sickness. Um, for those of you watching, again, uh, for for watching, we appreciate you giving us your time. And mm-hmm. uh, for those of you listening also, as always, if you guys have any questions, hit us up on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. You can sign up for the email list. You can also send us questions directly from there if you want to know anything. Don't forget, we do have some stuff to give away. So um, you can still leave comments on the video even after it, it's uh, not live anymore. You can leave comments on the uh, the YouTube video as well. And also sign up for the email list and that will qualify you to win some cool stuff. Uh, and until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you.